It's quite simple, really. You just need to show you some film. You mean like going to the pictures? Something like that. Welcome back, everyone, to another fantastic episode. I am Mitch. And I am Stefan, and this is Drag Mitch to Hell, the show where I subject poor Mitch to genre movies that I love, but believe he will hate. Uh, I have an important question for you right now, right off the bat. I'm curious to know. You, you always have a themed question, really, based on the movie that we've watched. Uh, what the fuck this question is going to be? How you? How are you possibly going to spin a question uh, based on this? Movie? <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a good point. I honestly, I had a hard time, uh, but then I watched the film again, and I was like, all right, right off the bat, I know what I'm going to ask inspired. you. Inspired. I was inspired. Technically, this question is, is a terrible question because I already know the answer already. <laughs> oh, I'm going to okay. ask it regardless. Uh, sure. For the audience. For the audience. Uh, do you like your coffee milky or do you prefer grease in your job? <laughs> the answer is you question. don't like coffee. The, so. the answer is I don't really drink uh, much coffee. But if I'm drinking coffee, definitely prefer milky versus greasy. Oh man, that's a that's an unfortunate answer. <laughs> um, like, so we're obviously talking about the Greasy Strangler. Uh, this is a movie that I think is divisive uh, and something that I love dearly. Uh, but it's such a wild movie. Uh, it, it makes it hard to like talk about uh, how it could relate to any of our lives, period, <laughs> <laughs> because it's so divorced from reality. It exists in its own reality. But yeah, why don't we like? I don't know if we if I have anything to talk about outside of this film. To be completely honest, I think we just like get well, into the what, weirdness. What's your experience? When did you see this movie uh, and fall in love with it? Well, this is put out by the good folks at Spectre Vision. Are you aware of of this uh, this no, company? I, no, I am not. It's Elijah Wood. Uh, I believe the other. There's two other folks, Josh Waller, I believe, and there's a third person who have whose name is completely slipping my mind. Uh, they have some pretty cool branding. Uh, if you go on their website, I think you can see their uh, their bumper, and it looks pretty cool. But um, they've made it their mission to make like the most oddball films that directors have had a hard time getting off the ground. Which you know, I I, th- I think it's pretty cool. It, it it isn't always successful for me. There's there are movies that I don't like uh, that they put out, but I still appreciate the fact that they're doing that. And I think that's cool. Like I'm a huge fan of uh, Adam Egypt Mortimer's Daniel isn't real. Did you watch that or no? Can't remember. I did watch it. Yeah. Did you like it or no? Uh, it was solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. They also put out, uh, and the, the, I think they're probably their, their most famous film that they put out was Mandy, which I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of personally. Uh, no, tried rewatching it. Same result. I've never, like, I've never tried. Never tried. No, something about it. I just not that interested. Yeah, it's incredibly slow, uh, which is unfortunate for a movie that has like Cinnabite, like from Hellraiser bikers in it. It is like a, a dreadfully dull film. <laughs> but uh, we're, I'm not here to like trash on Mandy. Uh, I know it has its fan base, and that's that's a that's a cool thing, and I'm appreciative of the fact that. Uh, the 
overarching mission of SpectreVision has led to the slithering nightmare that is the Greasy Strangler. So uh, my history is I saw it when it came out, fell in love with it. Actually, no, sorry. I didn't love it when I first watched it. Then I watched it again and my review bumped up. Uh, I would say like a full letterbox star <laughs> is what I would say. I, I think I gave it like three out of five when I first watched it. And then I watched it again. And I was like, I feel like this movie uh, has, has finally hit. <laughs> it's, it's greasy fist has uh you know struck my face and, and I'm, a, I'm a fan but why don't we uh why don't we introduce this film and, and get into like a little bit more about it and whether or not this is a successful dragging of mitch to hell how does that sound that sounds wonderful all right cool so we're getting slippery with jim hoskins the greasy strangler i'm sorry my dad can get cranky sometimes. As your father, I forbid you to marry. He sure has a temper on him. Hey! Stop talking to the customer and help dad with his shorts. <laughs> Janet loves me. I love her. You're making a big mistake. I am the greasy strangler. All right. I have, I have a slew of questions for you uh, before we actually get into this. So uh, were you aware of J- Jim Hoskins before watching The Greasy Strangler, like at all as a, as a director? This name means nothing to me. I only know it now because I looked up the, I just Googled the movie to make sure mm-hmm. I knew the <laughs> names of people involved. <laughs> Uh, would you find it weird based on the content of the greasy strangler to learn that he was a commercial director before this? I mean, I guess it depends on the commercials, but, uh, definitely an interesting leap. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial that, uh, came even close to the greasy strangler in terms of how odd. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to edit this out, but well, sorry, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to edit it for time, but I'm going to send you a link and I want you to watch it. Then I want you to describe the commercial and whether it was effective <laughs> for you. How does sure. that sound? Is All that right. good? Send right, me cool. this. Shit. I'm sending you in the in the chat right now. Boom. All right. Watch that. I'll sit here with bated breath. Have I'll have my merit beer that I'm enjoying currently. All right. Did you like the commercial? Uh, it's a good commercial. I think there it's we go. Uh, I think it's solid. The Pepsi commercial with the what is the name of that song? Uh, uh, the Mone Mone is yeah. the song. Yeah. And it's <laughs> but, a guy it. yeah. at a wedding singing this song, but doing the part where uh, people often say, hey, motherfucker, get laid, get <laughs> fucked. Uh, <laughs> and people are finding it off-putting because he's the only one who is really into this uh, this part of the song. <laughs> and there's also a DJ who has a sock puppet. Uh, and then it says... There's a better way to feel young. And then a Pepsi can is on the screen. And that's, yeah, the he, it's, it's an older, well, he has some newer stuff too. That is, you know, I think, I think you can like draw a line between this style of commercial and the greasy strangler. Like the humor is there. It's like all, it's a lot of repetition because he keeps doing it over and over and over again. At first it's like, it's a chuckle. Then you kind of get annoyed, and then you find it hilarious. Kind of, that's my reaction to it, anyway. To the commercial or to the movie? Uh, to the commercial, but also kind of to the movie. It's the same thing. That's why I love repetition. I, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before, where yeah. 
you know, something could initially start funny, become grating, uh, and then, you know, the audience turns against it, and then they enjoy it again. And yeah. th- there's a lot of that in this movie, and, you know, we'll get into it. But, yeah. So, you like the commercial. Yes. All right, well, we'll find out if you actually liked The Greasy Strangler, but first I'm going to explain why I picked this movie. I think it's pretty obvious. You know, comedy is like a very divisive thing. Uh, We've already done Greener Grass. I feel like that is, you know, within the same oddball ballpark uh, as this film. And, you know, because, you know, there isn't really much of a rationale beyond the fact that it is a very, very specific type of humor. And that humor is generally a divisive thing in general uh, as to why I picked it. You know, it, it feels like this movie could like high five John Waters, which I don't think Serial Mom, you you thought was just like a meh. But I think yeah, if you watched fine. Yeah, you thought it was fine. I think if you watched more John Waters, you wouldn't find it fine. Uh, yeah. And I think that this movie exists within that same, you know, the director is like poking you. Uh, as you're watching the film. And I think that you might not enjoy that. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, that's the rationale. Okay. Now, please tell me, did this drag you to hell? And general thoughts, of course. Sure. So I think you might be surprised here, actually, because this may be the worst movie I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> I hated this so, so much. This was the, I, oh my god! Oh my god! This, this is a successful. I had to watch a, it in two sittings because I could not take it anymore. Oh my god! This is a successful dragon. This is my. Is this the most successful? This is the most successful that that we've been here by far. This was oh, yeah, huge. I hell yeah! Not. I would rather watch Malibu Express for the next seven episodes than have to sit through this movie again. This is the movie that has birthed such terms as fatty boom boom, bullshit artist, read my cheeks, make this the greasiest feast since that goose you cooked on Christmas. (laughs) None of these are quotes that anyone knows. Digi troll, (laughs) Colonel Crapper, it's not a drink. It's liquid sex. You're a real smoothie. I'm the Spider-Man of Cumtown. <laughs> Hootie tootie disco cutie. And none of this resonates with you. Uh, no. That's the face of dejected. Just like <laughs> no, no. Hard pass. Interesting. Uh, at what rough. point? This was a rough watch. At what point? Like, did you realize you were watching a film that, you know, you're going to hate to the nth degree? <laughs> Immediately. But it's like 30 seconds into this movie, probably there's, there's no like pretending when it comes to this, it's it's all the same tone, which is just like absurd lunacy. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I couldn't even tell you what the opening scene was. I just know that I immediately was like, oh, fuck off. Like, I just, I know I'm going to hate this because this humor is, is, this is not my, not my thing. (laughs) No, yeah, you, we, really, we, yeah, you really did a number on me this time, Steph. Oh, that's great, man. I'm excited. Uh, you, you didn't like the discussion of whether or not uh, Grease should be used as a surrogate for, for cream and coffee. And then Big Ronnie leaning over saying, you know what? I'm the Greasy Strangler. Only for Big Brayden to say, you're a bullshit artist. <laughs> You're like, nope. 
None of the amount of times I heard bullshit artist in this movie, I, just, I never want to hear bullshit artist ever again. Are you so you you you'd used? I can't even talk anymore. You you'd used the term with me via text, so I assumed you were on board with the bullshit artist. <laughs> I was trying to uh, keep you in the dark as to whether or not I enjoyed this movie or not, and it was just relevant because we yeah. were about to talk about it. Um, yeah. But no, it is like, I mean, it's not an offensive term. It's just like you heard it so many times in this movie. And for me, you mentioned how repetition can be, you know, funny and then grading and then then eventually funny again. For me, it was just grading and then grading and then grading and just grading the whole time. Like there was a couple of moments where I laughed, like like defeated laughter, where I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this fucking movie. Like when they were saying, I'm a hootie tootie disco cutie for fucking five minutes. I was like, like what, what do I do? I give up. Like you won movie. You, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. It's the movie where, so there's a scene where, um, janet and big ronnie are saying it together then there's a following scene where brayden and janet are rubbing it in uh big ronnie's face all these names will become relevant soon and make hopefully a little bit more sense than they do right now well yeah of course uh because everyone knows who big ronnie is and janet's a, a household name he looks like a, a human feral wolverine just, <laughs> just like leers over with his white quaff of hair to me this movie is it's i've never been a big tim and eric fan yeah it's like tim and eric multiplied by a thousand and for an hour and a half straight and i just could not do it yeah i'm I'm sorry steph and uh, again i I only saw your letterboxd review with the three stars and i'm like this cannot be a movie that he loves that he thinks that i will hate there's no way he loves this movie in my defense so when i initially got on letterboxd i think i just reviewed a bunch of things at once very quickly like ad hoc you know there's a a slew of things that i'd probably revised my review of but you know like i said i don't think i didn't love this movie when i first saw it but i watched it again and i was like you know this movie is uh this is comedy gold. This is my style of comedy. <laughs> Am I a child? I don't know. I don't even know that a child would enjoy this movie. The only reason I say a child is because it is quite crass. Yes, it, definitely. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you, I guess let's dive into this way. plot. Yeah, let's talk about this <laughs> that, plot. That, that totally is, exists and is relevant. Which is was very hard to do. Uh, it's going to be very <laughs> short. Uh, so I, I hope so. <laughs> wait, we need to figure out. Well, I guess like you didn't like anything, so there's there's no point. In... Yeah, wait till we get to my award, Stefan. Uh, this is going to be oh, unprecedented. True. Well, I, yeah, I want to know what your best performance is. <laughs> I'm excited because a lot of this, and it's direction wise, the acting is like purposefully is is purposely bad. <laughs> I think in like a lot of moments, like like the delivery of lines, like there's like normally when you're like cutting dialogue, you know you there aren't like always pauses but in this movie there's like just like pause delivering line pause cut to the other person's single pause deliver the line pause there's like a a, he's like purposefully undermining his actors i think at the time which i also appreciate yeah i mean i think that it's successful in what it's trying to accomplish yeah it is just the opposite of 
my taste. Like this is as far away from something that I would enjoy as you can really get. So you made a really great call in choosing this as a movie for the podcast because yeah, I did not find anything of value. In yeah. Uh, th- I think this is probably the hardest, like this is my go hard movie of this season for sure. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think you're you're Sorry, gonna but... dislike other movies, but I think like this one is just like so divorced from what you would normally be into that you know. I I, I felt success coming into this, even though your use <laughs> yeah. of bullshit artists made me think it's like, did Mitch enjoy this movie? Did I like somehow like bone myself? I don't know. Nope, you did Here not. We are. All right, let's get into this movie and just uh, you know figure it out. So I. I kind of like gave the the first scene, but uh, I'm just going to repackage it with some more clarity. So we're inside a rotten clapboard home and we meet Big Ronnie's played by Michael St. Michael. Fantastic name. Would happily take that name. <laughs> I think it's great. He, he's probably a, uh, he's a pretty gaunt 60, 70 year old man, I would say with uh, uh, a, a white poodle-like mane, I, I think, is a, a fair descriptor for, for what he sure. looks like. Yep. Um, and uh, he's being given his morning cup of coffee by his son, Big Brayden, who's played by uh, Sky Elabar. Big Ronnie suggests to his son that grease should be used in lieu of milk uh, in coffee or cream in coffee, uh, a notion that's revolting to Brayden. Uh, Big Ronnie then intimates that he might be the greasy strangler. We don't know what that is at this point, aside from the title of the film. The I think there it just alludes to a series of killings that exist beyond anything that's been described in the film or shown in the film. Uh, but Big Braden does call bullshit on Roddy, or more accurately, calling him a bullshit, bullshit artist. artist. Bullshit artist. Um, I, I had a question, which is what are, what are your feelings about the rampant use of bullshit artist in this movie? I love it personally, but based <laughs> on what you said, you didn't like it at all. No, no, not, uh, not for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I struggled with this movie pretty hard. I mean, saying bullshit artist a couple of times, like whatever, I'm not put off by it, but it didn't make me laugh either. Um, but then just, yeah, repeated use of it over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, yeah. It was, didn't do yeah. it for me. That's rough. Well, uh, I'm glad we're here together talking about this and <laughs> sussing out the, the narrative thrust of this film. Doing this synopsis is, is difficult because there are like quite a few scenes where they're wonderful comedy bits, but they add very little to, to the movie. <laughs> I I would question that they're uh, that they're wonderful comedy bits, but I would 100% agree they add very little to them. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I've introduced our two main characters: Big Ronnie, the patriarch of the family, and Big Brayden, uh, the grown adult but still lives with his father. Uh, central character. Uh, and we quickly find that they run a truly bullshit tour of fake historical disco sites uh, or sites integral to the history of disco. Uh, this is one of the many instances that will reveal Big Ronnie is a total pathological liar. 
Um, the tour takers pretty much revolt because they were promised beverages in the tour brochure, uh, which leads to Big Ronnie mooning the tour group, uh, telling them to read his cheeks. They hold on it for just the right amount of time where it's like it's it's gross and then funny. Uh, that's me. I, I assume for you, you're just like, uh, why am I? There's so much nudity in this movie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fake weird penises as well yeah specifically big ronnie's fake penis looks like uh i don't want to like be crude but it looks like a dog's penis a little like this <laughs> you see this in the movie so i'm not like being like purposefully crass but it has like a red tip uh like it looks like a like lipstick very like, or something. pointed it's very pointed it's very <laughs> angular <laughs> and also I mean, I feel like this is done intentionally for you to notice. I'm not just being weird. Quite large, in yes. especially in comparison to Big Brayden, who is like comically tiny. They're both like <laughs> prosthetic, weird, like clearly fake penises. But yeah, one is massive and often hanging out. Uh, and the other one is tiny and also hanging out somewhat frequently. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, a fucking weird movie yeah there's a lot of uh fake penises and then there's like the janet's merkin is also like the the her like pubic hair piece is like wild as well yeah it's all great stuff um you know so i'm great, great we're talking about i'm gonna yeah. get you one for christmas <laughs> thank you <laughs> you can grease yourself up and walk around calling people a bullshit artist oh it's gonna be great uh, eat some eyeballs afterwards. That'll make more sense down the road, I guess. Uh, or, or, not. or will it? I don't think so. It, there's probably no making sense of that. But uh, <laughs> so we have our our, uh, our revolting tour group uh, who are you know dejected and weirded out after seeing Big Ronnie's uh, bare ass, and they disband save for one remaining member. Uh, and this is Janet, played by Elizabeth Del Razzo. Uh, it's clear there are immediate sparks between. Uh, Cheesy old cornball, uh, Big Braden and Janet. And the two are destined for a date, much to the chagrin of patriarch Big Ronnie, who might be more than a little jealous. Uh, at the end, we can clearly see that he has uh, a little interest in uh, Janet saying, I could feast on that queen's ass all night long. And it cuts to an insert of his fantasy of her being naked, walking away with uh a dog on a leash, essentially Brayden, I imagine. Like what he what he perceives Brayden to be is uh small nagging dog. It, it should be absolutely clear, Big Ronnie does not like his son, Big Brayden, very much. Uh he like barely tolerates him half the time. Did you do you find any humor in the fact that they're like going around these like, you know, urban wasteland spots and being like, this is where like Earth, Wind, and Fire uh each lived with earth wind and fire who lived in this building did, did any of this work for you or just like this is i mean I? like mildly like very like it's like a oh okay like because it's so little of the actual fucking movie like there's it's true maybe two scenes where they are giving one of these tours and like telling the story behind the sort of bullshit that they're you know the bullshit story of earth whatever they called them the earth the wind and fires or whatever the, i don't know they said the name wrong um but like it's i feel like that's not the the intention of the comedy it's like 
there's like one like a brief moment and like sure it's supposed to be humorous but it's crowded or the the rest of the humor is the you said there'd be refreshments or drinks or whatever and doing that back and forth for five minutes and the other shit that's going on so like sure it's mildly humorous but it's just like it's like such a small piece of the largely unhumorous puzzle (laughs) that is that just like that one scene so yeah, yeah you know to answer your question, it's mildly, mildly humorous, but not, not a whole lot. It, w- it wasn't a highlight of the movie for me by any means. Although there were, yeah, really and like that back and forth has like such severe repetition in it as well. And the next scene also has, I would consider, severe repetition in it as well. <laughs> I'm repeating myself, but uh, like, so we pick back up. Um, it's the evening and uh, we at some like red neon light drenched motel, we meet the uh, disbanded patrons of uh, Ronnie's disco tour who are congregating at a, a stack machine. Um, Mitch, would you like to describe the events that occur here roughly leading up to the arrival of the greasy strangler? Uh, there's a vending machine that they are trying to get. Is it chips? Yeah. <laughs> The, the a bag of chips has sort of gotten stuck and then uh i don't know does anything else happen apart from them discussing the chips and getting the chips out of the vending machine one of the patrons asks what's the chips what's the chip made out of and the person i don't want to mimic the voice uh, because it's an indian <laughs> actor and i'm not doing uh, I'm, not, yes. I'm not going down that awful <laughs> and, rabbit and hole eventually of... it's potato yeah, it's potato, but but he says it in like a a comedically shortened, truncated. I feel like they yes. modulate his voice as well, so it sounds like it's coming out of like uh like he's ingested helium or something. Like it's not that level of augment augmentation, but it, it is. Uh, it's a funny little, funny little voice. He keeps saying it, and he's like, "What is that?" And he says potato, but in an odd way, and he just goes back and forth. That's mostly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke. Um, but uh, as I alluded to, the Greasy Strangler does arrive. Uh, it is quite clearly a lubed up Ronnie, big Ronnie, uh, who is nude, uh, save for the coating of grease that adorns his body. Uh, and he quickly dispatches the tour patrons and he chokes the final one. Who's the guy who had said potato, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. I, I, I was losing my mind for a second. I was like, I don't actually remember who's the last person, but it does strangle the last person. And they're, uh, do their eyes pop out in that moment? Maybe. Maybe. I, I so the, the, the violence in this is, 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 almost like on level of like claymation or something there's like a it's like so stylized and silly that uh it sounds gross that somebody's eyes pop out but it's like largely it's silly looking unintentionally silly uh so it's not as gross as i'm making it sound is what i'm getting at um but anyways after the events at the motel he cleans himself off at a car wash owned by a blind man i believe this character is big paul uh, but I'm not entirely sure. So we're going to go with Big Paul, uh, who remains none the wiser of his customer slash friends exploits. Uh, they're definitely like some old school disco friends. And I appreciate that. I, I like the rapport. But anyways, we we then cut to Big 
Big Braden and Janet uh, finally going on their first big date. Uh, over dinner, we get some insight into Big Braden. Uh, it turns out his mother left when he was small. Uh, I love the, she left when I was small. I think that's a cute way of him describing uh, when his mother had left. Uh, but uh, she had left to be with her new <laughs> beau, Ricky Prickles. Come on. Like, you have to, the name is great. I, I like the name Ricky Prickles. Yes, I think it's a good name. I'll give you that. I just, uh, I pulled up the movie here just to scrub through it. I was going to, you know, if you had any other questions, be there. And I was at the scene right after he goes to the, like when he goes to the his disco friend's car wash and he pays him in fake money because <laughs> his, his, his disco friend is blind. Yeah. Fake money that he pulls out of his ass, his bare ass. <laughs> this is what you this subjected is, me to. This is great stuff. This is This is all great stuff. Oh, with his giant, fake, weird-looking penis. Just front and center here. Oh, I'm glad we're here talking about this. This is a great use of a Thursday evening, you know? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is better than having to sit and watch the movie. Is it, though? Yes. Okay. At least I'm going to chat with my friend here instead of (laughs) being alone in this basement watching this fucking movie and being like, oh, my God, when will it end? And then you and then I pause it and there's still like 50 minutes left. I'm like, okay, that's it for today. I, I can't do it. Oh man. I love this. I, I was watching it uh this morning and I was having a great time. So <laughs> it was uh so uh Ricky Prickles, great name. That's uh Big Braden's mom's new bow that uh she had left to be with. Uh, he's described as a professional sports coach with the most defined six-pack Braden's ever seen. He reveals that he went to live with them once, but sadly, Ricky Prickles abused him physically and sexually. Uh, Janet then sinks into silence before revealing uh, to Braden that the tourists she had been along with on their disco sightseeing expedition were murdered last night. Uh, later, uh, later on, back at Braden's home, he regales uh, Janet with ideas for a series of books he's developing, which concerns itself with trolls, trolls crossing over to the digital world, becoming digi-trolls, and amulets. I only mention this. It's inconsequential. It only comes up one other time, but I, I love it, man. I, lo- I love his... Di- so this is one of his ideas for books. Then he has another idea for a book later on. And they're like such absolute trash. And I love it. I could imagine somebody coming up to, you know, me with this idea and me nodding along. Like you, you've gotten bad pitches. You've gotten bad pitches for me. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pitch any, <laughs> I, I mean, have so many dog shit ideas. Like nothing I mean, they're not this bad. That resembles, but... uh, that resembles this, but this just like reminds me of like being in like the eighth grade and like one of the other students was writing a, uh, a story and it's like trolls and knights and <laughs> amulets and and things like that it's like, it's like okay cool yeah and even then i was like this is kind of lame yeah i'm not a fantasy guy uh i think that's completely obvious by the everything about me <laughs> <laughs> not, not not my bag um if you like it great i i applaud you but not for me janet does say i bet you have a big amulet just throwing that in in the mix as well. 
Uh, clearly, Janet's coming on to Big Brayden. So the uh, the romance is uh, is uh, two sided. They like one another. That's great. I'm happy for them. Very happy. Uh, it does not go well though, but we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Big Ronnie, after having a hard time procuring a greasy hot dog from a hot dog vendor, <laughs> decides it's prime time for some more greasy strangling, dispatching our uh, grease prude hot dog slinger. Uh, he strangles him so hard his eyes pop out. So this, I think, is the first time we see some eye popping. Uh, and then Big Ronnie feasts on them. <laughs> My thought? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a slew of these scenes where I'm like... Here's a bunch of wild ass things that happen in close proximity to one another that approximates a scene. What are your thoughts? And they're going to be like, I, my mind is melting. I have nothing for you. Well, that's sort of the, the case here. It's just like this guy gets lubed up and strangles people and does weird stuff. And all the acting is bad or intentionally bad. And the humor is crass and absurd and ridiculous and it's just sort of <laughs> fucking rinse and repeat man like it's the same thing over and over again with like that sort of some semblance of a, a narrative in there um but i don't know i mean i get a little bit of a kick out of actors who are probably from like craigslist <laughs> put in movies. He, he uses a lot of the same people from his commercials in his movies. <laughs> I, I mean, like maybe they're from the commercials, but like the hot dog yeah. vendor or the guy who was saying potato chips. Like to me, I, I do get a kick out of watching these people act poorly, um, but like in a way that is comical. Like it, it's I not good, good actors acting, actually, but it's it's accomplishing what is intended. Like, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say that they're bad actors. They may just be really good actors who have been directed to do exactly this. But I feel like it's easier to get people off the street to try and be, try and do this stuff and then just be bad. Mm. Um, so that's my thought here, but I did like the hot dog vendor. Sure. You, you know, again, it, it tickles me a little bit watching people who are like, this guy is probably like some guy they were just like was walking by the set and they're like, Hey man, say this. And then he said it and they're like, Hey, do you want to be coming, come and be in this movie? <laughs> I'm certain that's not the case, but, uh, but it could be, but it feels like it. Yeah. Well, I, so I feel like a lot of the things that I'm going to ask you probably the same thing over and over again. So like, let's just talk about hot dogs for a second. Uh, are you a steamed hot dog or a grilled hot dog fan? And there's a there's only one right answer here, so choose wisely. Steamed hot dog? Yes. You're not even, you're not even including in boiled hot dogs. <laughs> uh, it's sorry, grilled. steamed steamed or boiled? I would say yes. like so so steam boiled, uh, grilled. For me, it's grilled. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> you're a steamed hot dog. I'm a man. steamy. I'm I've a steamy never boy. steamed a hot dog before. I mean, that like that's that's the that's the quintessential hot dog. Everybody always wants to grill it. You just dry it out. I want like a a crisp dog, and that's you get your steamy. That's, the, it's is a steamy dog going to be crisp? I feel like yeah. Grill, you bite into it, it has like, like a char. like a little pop, and then it's like it's a juicy hot dog. 
I disagree. I, uh, I think you're. I think you're going grilled. That's. I uh, know. Like a little I, bit of char on there. Those grill marks. No, you can you can grill your 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 bun if you want, but I prefer to like it's so called boiling hot dogs, bun. right? I, I you you put you open the bun and you put it on the 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 rim of the of of the pot you're boiling your hot dog in, so it steams it up and gets it moist before you have your hot dog. <laughs> Wait a second! You want a moist bun with your hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Are you the grease and strangler? What's wrong, oh my God. What's wrong with me? I like this fucking movie. Is wrong with me? It makes sense. Well, because a hot dog bun moist. You want a stale hot dog? I don't want. I don't want stale buns. I want. Uh, I want. Uh, you know, fresh. More sloppy bun. <laughs> Some sloppy buns. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just melting here. I'm just yeah. dying very quickly. <laughs> this movie's gonna get so weirder now. <laughs> <laughs> there's some loose stuff that happens here (laughs) it's just like so big ronnie and brayden go to the the horror house which is a theater along with their friend oinker who is a man with a big nose (laughs) yep um and uh jen and brayden have their first weird sex time uh however the next morning ronnie is already trying to put the moves on janet as he goes down on some oily grapefruit like (laughs) oh man there's just there's a ton in this movie um big ronnie then comes to brush his teeth while janet is peeing and stares her down like there's just so much weird stuff in this film uh, like, I'm not gonna watch you pee. So then she lets he comes in and then he just watches her pee. And yeah, he's like, I'm not gonna watch you. Then he just brushes his teeth and watches and watches her. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's all weird. And poor Brayden, after hearing this, uh, wants to know if he and Janet are exclusive, fearing that he might lose what is essentially his first love. Uh, then I mentioned that Big Ronnie is a human approximation of a feral Wolverine because above them kind of like peering out the window is like him like hunched over going like ah with his like mane of white poodle hair blowing back and he just looks like like some feral animal like a like a honey badger or something just like ready to like defend its territory it's adorable kind of but also frightening yeah like it could be a legitimately like scary shot in a different movie but no, in this in this, in this movie, Mitch, it, it occurs in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it occurs in this movie. And it just holds on him, and then you just see him. <laughs> I, 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 man, this this movie is like if John Waters kidnapped Wes Anderson and made him make like I'm trying to think like make like sallow or something redo sallow maybe that's that's too much but like it's this movie is a is a wild time um and it feels like aggressively divisive so i'm kind of glad uh this movie exists between the divide of our tastes (laughs) yeah i feel like if we're looking at like a, a spectrum here it's like a very small percentage of the population i imagine could enjoy this movie i don't know apart from you i don't know anybody else that i could be like 
this movie you should watch it and they would and they would enjoy it or even if i said nothing and they watched it i don't know that they would enjoy it it's just so fucking weird uh and yeah i I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, had you not told me to watch this, I would have watched it. I said, I don't know who this is for. Yeah. Like, I just, the, the this movie me. was made for three people. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine there's many more than that. Uh, man, this movie has its fans. People have, like, greasy strangler tattoos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's going to be a pass for Mitch on that. Is that going to be your next tattoo reveal for me? No, I, I I have a few ideas, but you know, just the greasy strangler with his big hanging dong, his dong hanging down, his, his <laughs> red lipstick dog. Now, yeah. I need to get like as soon as I get my my credit card paid down, I think it's the first thing I do is get a greasy strangler tattoo for you. Good. I don't know what what it would be, but it would be something like I don't know. I, I have to a hot dog, a hot dog. What if I get a hot dog tattoo? But is the bun going to be moist or? I mean, like, it's hard to tell from a tattoo, but the intention would for sure to be a moist bun. Can it be dripping? Dripping, yeah. Dripping, for sure. Dripping in heat, yeah. Let's keep going. Let's move on here. Let's move then on. He, then, he, then he kills fucking Oinker and what happens after that? That is that is correct. So you're 100% right. Uh, so to work out his anger, because we've established that whenever, you know, Ronnie is getting cantankerous, he gets greased up and goes to kill somebody. So he kills Oinker. Um, and then, uh, after that, he, Ronnie threatens to evict Brayden if he doesn't let him take out Janet to get to know her. Uh, Brayden does finally, uh, accept this, uh, to which Ronnie says, I'm big Ronnie, I'm back, which I quite like. He's, he's like, big Ronnie's getting his groove back. Uh, great moment. Um, ahead of his date, big Ronnie claims he's going to run up a formidable bar tab. Again, great stuff. Talking about like big, expensive, sexy drinks, I think is what he says. It's, it's some great stuff. We then cut to uh, Big Ronnie thrusting towards Janet on a disco dance floor. Um, afterwards, Ronnie intimates to Janet that he used to run his own disco nightclub. Uh, there's this wild ass story involving Michael Jackson that I'm going to leave to you to describe if you remember. I honestly don't even know what the story is. I was going to ask if we could discuss the outfit that uh, Big Ronnie wears to the disco. All of Big Ronnie's outfits, certified (laughs) great. Like just they rip nonstop. Uh, I don't mean like they they physically rip. I I mean, I mean, this looks like it is physically ripped. Uh, Wait, is is it the one with the the heavy downward? Like, um... so there's basically he's wearing like a purple what would be like a one piece like long sleeve i don't know what you would call it but um but there's a portion of it that is cut out and his penis right is out yes it's basically (laughs) what would be above his belly button but that's all like pubic hair in this situation and then just to his like the tops of his like thighs and then his uh, enormous penis is tucked into like the pant leg while he's thrusting. It's just, like you said, this movie is wild. It certainly swings. It's, I don't know why I just felt like that was worth mentioning because if you're sitting at home or in the car or wherever, listening to this and you're like, you're thinking, I can't even picture what this movie is. I'm trying to paint that for you, which is 
in the disco club with the fucking weird purple suit and penis tucked into the leg thrusting and dancing awkwardly. And that I think summarizes this movie. I think if you're a painter, you're like one of the old masters, like the, the people who are like super realism is, is their MO. And I think what you've painted is just a wonderful visual feast for a listener <laughs> to to conjure in their mind while they're driving to work yeah <laughs> questioning wondering what the fuck listen to people like us. <laughs> yeah. oh man uh i have to say if are you judging me now based on this film like f- going forward you're like a little bit and anytime i like suggest something you're like oh wait this is the greasy strangler guy <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna put a pause on the suggestion you know i'm gonna put that aside well you told me to watch which you did say because you don't like it and yes. you want me to suffer alongside you. And my yes. response was, Stefan, you're already torturing me enough. Like I can't oh. sit through this movie and then be like, you know what? Now I'm going to watch another bad movie. Stefan wants me to watch. I need to cleanse my palate for like a couple of weeks here at least. Oh man. I, I, I like, I, 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 I didn't go to this. So deliverance was playing at the theater. That's like right around the corner from my place on, on 35 millimeter print. And I was like, I could go to that or I could watch the greasy strangler. Or I could watch Oinker podcast. get strangled. And I chose, I chose this the greasy <laughs> strangler. Uh, I love deliverance by the way. Great movie. Uh, are you a yep. fan? I am a yeah. deliverance fan. Yeah. Let's say it's, there's a wonderful shot of, um, Oh my God! What's his name? I'm having a uh, uh, a brain fart. John Boyd. Um, no, 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 no. Burt uh, Reynolds. Thank you. Um, climbing. It, it looks like the most dangerous stunt, but he's like climbing the cliff face um, as like the the sun is setting. It just looks so dangerous uh, and beautiful. Uh, great shot. Love the movie. Anyway, two movies where people uh, squeal like pigs. Yeah, we have Oinker in this movie, uh, and then we have, uh, you know, Redneck Hillbillies and Deliverance. <laughs> Pretty much the same film. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a story about Michael Jackson. Uh, it's an yeah, obvious story fa- fabrication. Remember. Yeah, we don't, need to, we don't need to get into it. There's some fighting, there's sex, there's nachos. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. But uh, Ronnie then tries to really put the moves on Janet, goading her into kissing his juicy cherry lips. Uh, Janet reveals she may be in love with Brayden and rushes off. Although it appears she may be more afraid with the fact that she has uh, deeply recessed feelings towards Big Ronnie. Only time will tell if that is true. I think we're going to find out real soon anyways, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, afterwards, uh, Janet tries to quell Brayden's growing fears that he may be in- inadequate compared to his father, Big Roddy. Uh, sadly, this is interrupted by a phone call that reveals Brayden's buddy, Oinker, has been found dead. He's now shit-scared. His own words, not mine. Over the growing body count uh, at the slicked-up hands of the greasy strangler, uh, Brayden announces he's going to launch his own investigation to figure out who the killer might be. While Janet seems uneasy at this, she ultimately accepts this. Uh, she then leaves the home and runs into Big Roddy, who finally wears her down, coaxing her to his room for something sensual. Uh, there's grease involved, and poor Brayden is left crying in his room like a real cuck. And that's all I'll say about that sequence. <laughs> if there's anything that I could say negatively about this movie, it's that Janet kind of just like flip-flops 
between like Brayden and Big Ronnie, Big Brayden and Big Ronnie with little motivation. Let's put, let's put it that way. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it in the context of the, of this film. That doesn't feel like it has any footing in reality. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if you're watching this movie and being like, "Well, this character's motivations don't really make sense," I mean, I think that you're, you're watching it wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, like, I could empathize with your opinion if that's how you felt about it. Is what I'm saying. My issues with the movie were not that I felt like <laughs> Janet's motivations were weak in leaving these characters. <laughs> so <laughs> character motivations were a non-issue for you during this no, whole thing? No, no, no. Okay, cool. Just making sure, you know, I I, I want to feel like I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. The next morning while preparing for another uh, disco tour, Big Ron reveals he and Janet are now an item. Uh, it turns into a real rose, you might imagine, uh, with... Brayden exclaiming, you're covered in horseshit, bullshit artists. There's a lot of bullshit artists, uh, horseshit. And at one point, Big Ronnie is just listing off animals and then shit uh, afterwards for an extended period of time. Again, there's tons of repetition in this movie. And I think you can always bank on the fact that at a certain point, I'm going to find it funny. Like, yeah. I, if you go long enough, it's going to work uh, for me anyways. I can't help it. I can't explain it. I just, I, I lose my mind a little bit. Um, and then uh, it ends with Brayden uh, exclaiming, you claimed her pussy, but never her heart. A truly momentous sentiment offered by Big Brayden uh, as Big Roddy stalks off. Anyways, uh, Big Roddy and Janet deepen the relationship with uh basically constantly going to town on each other as Braden's mental state collapses. Uh, he turns to writing where he develops a new cyber thriller called revenge incorporated, which man, it's <laughs> dumb as shit, but I like, I, I, I think I know people who would like probably pitch this as an idea, like in the future, revenge is outlawed and only one organization can get revenge for you. It's called revenge incorporated. Like there, there are, there are people that I think would pitch this. Uh, I'd and that's watch Revenge Incorporated if it were a movie. Really? If it was like a comedy that wasn't like, like but that. like this, this no, this no, style no, of comedy. No, no, not like so that. you're saying that there is a style of this film that works for you. <laughs> I'm saying I can see a world where a stupid, intentionally like dumb idea called Revenge Incorporated is a movie that I would enjoy. Yeah, and maybe not so much now because I can't recall the last time. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got the movie playing in the background, and then it just like popped up with the sex sequence with uh, Brayden and Janet. He's just behind her doing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it is. Uh, it's so much. This movie is a lot. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, this is a movie that I like, but I don't think I'd recommend to most people not to like reveal the <laughs> cards ahead of time. Well, I mean, like, I do want people to watch it because I, I maybe maybe Misery like loves it. company is that uh... <laughs> Misery loves company for sure. I think that is a an appropriate sentiment for this. But uh, Brayden does at this point reveal to Janet that uh, he has every intention to uh, win her back. 
Uh, unfortunately, this is overheard by Big Ronnie, uh, who again works out his feelings by heading out for some greasy strangling, where he now dispatches his friend and car wash steward. Again, I believe this is Big Paul, but I'm not entirely sure. But uh, it's his, his his old disco friend slash car wash steward um, or owner. I'm not sure. But uh, it's now that Brayden finally realizes his own father just might be the greasy strangler. As uh, Janet has come across some grease spread across Ronnie's carpet, she grossly runs her finger through it, then smells it and tastes it. So one thing to say, this is absolutely revolting to me. <laughs> Like so, yeah. uh, you saw my my you you know you've been perusing my letterbox as as evidenced by my negative review of <laughs> The Departed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I also I also uh, reviewed Terrifier too, which like you know yeah. uh, I, I just saw to see because it which you liked been... more than The Departed. Yeah. Uh, sorry, no. One is made by Martin Scorsese and one is made <laughs> by somebody who can, who's barely competent at filmmaking and had somehow made a coherent, actually not, it's not even coherent, which is better than I expected. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's going to always be a discrepancy. I don't think sure. The Departed is worse than Terrifier 2. I just like <laughs> okay. my enjoyment of, of Terrifier 2 was based on my incredibly low expectations of the first, you know, movie, which is, barely a movie it's more of like a, a practical effects demo reel or something yeah um it just exceeded my expectations so much but uh uh i'll, I'll review that in our next little hell but the point is like that movie is like n- noted i think right now for being very very gross and there's nothing it's it's really not that violent except for like a few scenes uh and this movie with just like some some smelling and licking of grease disgusted me more than terrifier too that's all i'm gonna say so props to to greasy strangler yeah i mean we talked i think it was the serial mom episode where we talked about me like like the gross eating of the food and stuff and like how i don't particularly enjoy that this this movie does that 50 times because it's like the greasiest fucking sausages and hot dogs and, and whatever, and put grease on my grapefruit or the, whatever the fuck it was. So like, it's just like gross a lot. So that's another reason why this doesn't work for me. Not only does the humor not land. And I think part of the humor is all the greasy shit, but also just like that stuff is gross to me and doesn't make me want to keep watching. Yeah, I get it. It, it is absolutely filthy. Um, but for me, it just like made me like the movie more. I was like, <laughs> this movie successfully elicited a response from me. And I, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, th- this is from somebody who's like rarely grossed out by like, you know, like horror films or whatever. And then this 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 scene happens that's kind of like innocuous a little bit in the greater context of this film. And it like disgusts yeah. me immensely. So success i think um but anyways uh making good on his hunch big Braden reaches out to a detective named jody who when he arrives is obviously big ronnie wearing some flojo nails fake braces <laughs> along with an accent uh he examines the grease and he rubs it along his cheek with his flojo nails again this is all just like absolutely disgusting uh, Jody uh, then commands Brayden and Janet to cease their investigation. Uh, 
you know, uh, he then like rushes outside and changes back into like big Ronnie attire. But uh, the preceding events were enough to bring Janet back into Brayden's arms. Uh, and not just that, but they've also agreed to uh, be wed at this point. Um, this uh, this uh, sets off Ronnie, uh, I think, real good, who gets greased up like never before and absconds with Janet. Uh, you know, if if Big Brayden wants to beat his father, he knows exactly what he has to do at this point. And Mitch, you know what that is. Get greased up. Okay, greased up. <laughs> uh, from that big Raiden, big Brayden, big Raiden. <laughs> it's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat character. Uh, from a vat, big Brayden slops grease all over himself and streaks from the home, storming after Big Ronnie. And we end up back at the Horror House Theater. Um, things turn sour as the grease infects, question mark, Brayden, and he strangles poor Janet uh, while his father watches with glee. Uh, her eyes pop out and uh, the cop by Big Ronnie and the two consume uh, one of her eyes or each of them consumes one of her eyes. And that is the sad end of Janet. We end on a beach where uh, Ronnie and Brayden have reconciled uh, while Ronnie is largely annoyed by Brayden. He does accept him uh, and he regales him with a story that when he was a baby, they had sailed on John Travolta's yacht uh travolta in in reference in regards to the baby had said that baby has good energy a funny line like it's it's a good line uh it devolves into a conversation of how they never needed janet and uh they kind of get along at poking fun at janet uh and then decide that they should go off to kill ricky pickles so uh as per usual they get greased up uh, and kill the self-described master sprinter, Ricky Prickles, uh, who might normally outrun Big Braden and Ronnie, but sadly stumbles and comes crashing to the ground. Uh, sadly, a shallow forest grave will be the forever home to Ricky Prickles. Um, they then witness their own executions by a firing squad. Uh, as... Uh, champagne shoots from their heads that pop off uh, and then they stalk through the forest with spears in hand having devolved into Neanderthal I can't even talk anymore having devolved into Neanderthal like Grease Man that's that is the Greasy Strangler this is a real movie that you're describing right now (laughs) it feels hard to describe I then they went, then they just go to kill Ricky Prickles, who hasn't really been a character in this movie, which like, sure, that's one thing. And then they witness their own death by firing squad. Their heads pop open with champagne. And this, it's too long. It's, it's great stuff. It doesn't even end where you think it's going to end. I thought, I'm like, oh, this is over. I'm like, why the fuck is there 15 minutes of movie left? And then it's like, they're talking about Ricky Prickles and they're going to go kill Ricky Prickles and then they're killing, watching themselves die. Like, oh I thought God. the beach scene was some Enough. of the more compelling stuff of the film. <laughs> None of it's compelling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. <laughs> movie it's fucking nonsense it just like becomes even more nonsense at the end yeah i mean we should just talk about the departed for the rest of the podcast episode (laughs) oh man my brain's melted i'll be honest all right do you want my awards 
Yeah, just give me your awards here. <laughs> let's let's uh, let, all right. We'll start with the best of of each category to worst of uh, each category. So let's say best actor first. Hot dog guy. Hot dog guy. Best actor. Hot dog guy. That's what yeah. you you're coming here with. <laughs> I, I was gonna say no one, but you know what? I like the hot dog guy. Give me give me him. Oh man. Definitely. By the way, this it. is the purgatories. I didn't even announce that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like so like like this is a bad movie to do. I think because the the again it is a consistent tone the whole way through. So it Mitch doesn't like it. All he can say is I don't like it. There 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 aren't like ebbs and flows <laughs> to say like oh I enjoyed this section of the film, but here's where it kind of lost me. It's always just going to be like this was not for me. So I just like I feel like this may, might actually have been a bad selection for this <laughs> podcast. It's it's what you wanted, but you know it's but it, it but it isn't at the same time. It you is. Know, like, it isn't. You, you succeeded, but did you fail? I don't think you failed. I think there's enough here, honestly. If you, we didn't even come close to describing how fucking insane this movie is. Like, you left so just, much out. It is so weird. There are so many scenes that yeah we didn't talk about. Where it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Why? Who wrote this? Whose mind came up with this and decided to put it on film? And somebody else was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to help you put that to film. And that was Elijah Wood. (laughs) Yeah. It is so weird to me. I just, I don't get it. And you know what? Good for them. I don't know how much this movie cost, but hopefully they made some of it back. So they can keep making these fucking dumb movies for people to watch that are not me. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm still annoyed that you picking the hot dog vendor is the best actor. Michael St. Michael, man. <laughs> not Michael Mann, but you know what I mean? Michael St. Michael, Michael, comma, man. Yes. I just... They're all so weird, and are they bad? Or are they intentionally bad? I don't know. I really didn't enjoy anybody in this movie, so I'm picking the answer that to me is the most dismissive of the movie, which is the guy that's in the movie for 30 seconds, Hot Dog Man. Worst actor. I don't even know. Like I didn't, honestly, I didn't even write down awards for this because of, like there's no good scenes in this movie that I enjoyed. Um, and they're all really bad scenes. I don't know that I can pick one over the others as being the worst. So for me, the best scene in this movie is the credits when it ends. Or maybe the first scene where I haven't gone fully fucking off the edge um, at that point yet. Where I'm like, okay, this is still a movie and I'm only two minutes in. So I'm not trying to blow my brains out. But, uh, <laughs> I think Mel Cole is the, is the vendor, but I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Mel Cole, who Mel uh, Cole. they met in a thrift store while buying the wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> the wardrobe is... F- All right, I love the art direction in this film, actually. The wardrobe and the the, the production design are like A-plus stuff here. Yeah, I mean, you got to give them credit. They, uh, <laughs> that is the most both dismissive. Wear women's clothing and odd choices. <laughs> Oh man, like crotchless onesies. Like, where do you find this shit? It had to have been augmented. Someone to, made it. Yeah, it must have had a lot it, yeah. of money. What a hero! All right. Well, uh, 
I guess the more challenging category, who's your worst actor? The worst actor in the movie. I don't know. I don't have answers to these questions. Like this movie broke me, Stefan, is what I'm trying to tell you. I don't, there's no one person here where I'm like, this person's the worst because they're just all bad. But are they intentionally bad? But even if they are intentionally bad, I still don't like it. <laughs> it's just, it made me it made me lose my mind. I don't. So, why don't we say everybody aside from the hot dog vendor who has oddly <laughs> won your vote for best compelling? All right, there we go. Uh, all right, so what I'm kind of interested in, there had to have been like one scene that you're kind of like funny or or what 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 closely you know approximates funny for yourself like i will reluctantly admit that i did laugh eventually at the refreshments portion when they kept saying they're supposed to be refreshments or drinks or whatever that i so i'll give it i'll go with that scene it's a good scene and like the mooning is funny too even even if it's too crass or lowbrow it somehow works i support that uh that call so all right we have that scene what's give me are, are all the rest the worst scene for you <laughs> what is the, the, the most egregious like uh commitment to film uh in this movie for you this is so hard um it's a struggle because on one hand i'm like maybe the scene where they both get lubed up and just end up killing janet and i'm like this is where we took this movie was this is the final scene where son becomes father uh okay um maybe it's the scene where the heads pop off when the champagne comes out because even that was like too much for me for this movie where I'm like, this movie's supposed to have ended. And now we're watching this sequence where we're seeing something that like in the rest of the movie, at least people to say that it made sense is too much, but like I'm, I'm choking someone so hard that their eyes pop out and then I eat them. It's like, Sure, that's conceivably what could happen, I guess. <laughs> but then this, it's like their heads just like pop open and confetti and champagne shoot out for some reason. And I'm like, okay, now we're even like further off the deep end than we already were. So it's like, I, I hating this movie. And now I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm beyond the point where I thought it should end. And we're doing things that are even more wild now. So maybe I'm going to give it to that one. The, it didn't need to be there, Stefan. Get rid oh, of the firing squad. End the movie earlier. End the movie earlier. Be merciful right. with your goddamn nonsense movie. <laughs> Get me out 15 minutes earlier and save me. So the, the purgatories uh, have failed <laughs> much like this movie has failed you it sounds like it's an obvious you're not recommending this film because you've already said this is the worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life uh i would like to dig deeper than this film in the future <laughs> see if something can make me i think we can reach further bottom for you maybe yeah maybe. then you're gonna come back to the greasy strangler and be like this is a work of art 
And, <laughs> and, and I'm going to have knows. a greasy strangler tattoo. <laughs> All right. I like this movie. I think you should check it out. Mitch is obviously a hard no. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know what? I hope you watch this movie and then you can talk to me much in the same way, Stefan, you want me to watch that movie that you also didn't like. So we can have suffered together. I hope that you listen to this and you're like, my God, like this movie must be so insane that I have to watch it and you watch it and agree. You'll probably turn it off uh, because you don't have to finish it for a podcast. Uh, And then you can message me and we can discuss how much we both hated this movie. Do you should I dox you and give you your your, your like Instagram <laughs> handle or something? I mean, I'm not many people have my name. If you uh, if you're listening to this, you probably know one of us personally. It wouldn't be too hard to find me and send me a, a message somehow. We oddly have a lot of Netherlands listeners. So really, well, if I you're in know. the Netherlands um, and somehow you found my last name, you can send me a message on something, and I may or may not reply. You know, if you, if you took the time to message me from the Netherlands because you're a random person that listens to this, you're goddamn right I'm going to respond to it. Uh, <laughs> that's effort. Uh, so feel free. All right, cool. I mean, like, I have, I have nothing else to offer for this. I've given you my opinion <laughs> on hot dogs. Yeah, which I mean, is even more, you know, crazy than this movie. You know, wet hot dog buns. That's... They're not wet. some kind of stereo. They're not. They're not wet. They're just like not stale anymore. You. You've How old are your buns that they're stale? You get them and they're stale. You get them and they're like fucking. They're just like. They're just. They're. They're not right when you get them. You have to rejuvenate them when they're fresh, so you don't run into. Buy them when they're fresh, but they're still not good enough. You have to fix them. All right. Well, what's do we know what our next movie is going to be? And this one, it's been months since we did the last one. So let's, yeah, we'll, we'll try I, we'll and be, do this one, the next one sooner. Yeah, we'll be back for like an actual regular schedule again, roughly. I mean, like, yeah. based on our own. For the know. most part. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll, we'll be back to regular programming finally. Um, I think well, we're, we're going to be, it's going to be holiday time. So I'm going to give you an option uh, like I did last year. And the, okay. for, for, for Christmas, we're basically we're, we're regurgitating the, the, uh, the other picks from uh, last year. So we have uh, Dial Code Santa Claus, also known as Deadly Games, I believe is the alternate title, or Christmas Evil, which is... Uh, uh, John Waters here at Christmas film. So those are your two options. Uh, you can't look them up. You just have to pick and seal your fate. You said so, the one is John Waters? No, no, no. It's John Waters' favorite Christmas film, which is Christmas oh, Evil. John favorite Christmas film. Yeah. Okay. So, Can so, I ask about genre? Because I don't want to do like another absurd comedy again right after this for Christmas. Oh, they're, they're, both, uh, they're both horror they're films, both horror? to be completely honest. Yeah. So Christmas uh, Evil sorry. or... So Dial Code Santa Claus is uh, they tried to sue Home Alone because it's with a child and an intruder. I, I would consider it to be like an, an, a really, really great film, but there's a, a very realistic dog death that I do not like. Um, that is like a, a blight on the film, in my opinion. Okay. But, well, I think we're going to do that one because we've done we've dealt with movies before that have, uh, you know, 
cruelty to animals and, and dogs in particular. Uh, so I think we should continue that trend and we can discuss whether or not. <laughs> what the fuck is that logic? Uh, <laughs> we can compare, you know, we can look at this one, analyze it, compare it to whatever the dog's name was from the fucking, what's that goddamn movie with the creepy little guys and uh, Stephen Dorff. The fuck was the name? The Gate. Oh, the Gate. The Gate, yeah. Because yeah. remember, there was the dog that got thrown around in that movie. It was not uh, thrown. It was dropped. <laughs> we get over this. Go listen to the or episode the of the game. Yeah, please let us know whether or not the drog, the, the drog, the dog was dropped or thrown. Uh, uh, deadly games. Film. That's yeah. what we're doing. Deadly games. All right, there we go. Uh, it's gonna be a blast. Uh, stay tuned for that. We're, we'll do a little hell though in between. I think because I'll, I'll talk about Terrifier two. I think maybe. Yeah, I watched Black Adam. That was a real turd. Yeah, <laughs> you're just in advance <laughs> of the of the episode. Yeah. Here's my it's a fucking turd. <laughs> oh man, right. well, we can we'll chat see. about stuff. Maybe we can. Uh, we'll watch some. I'll watch something Christmassy as well because that'll be in a few weeks that that comes out. So it'll still be the holiday season. Yeah, I'm trying to look at what I've seen lately. Yeah, because like uh, we we were busy, so I haven't I haven't really watched anything. Uh, maybe we won't do a little hell we'll just do another another main episode i don't know we'll we'll see how we're feeling maybe we'll, maybe we'll try to watch some stuff between now and then and we can make a call sounds good all right well uh stay tuned regardless a new episode's coming soon uh sooner than it's been and uh get stoked right, all right. yes and we'll say goodbye goodbye